This week on Rails and Mysteries, Avis Osborne hits the books. Aaron Aronson has a bad dream. Gwyneth Appleton calls her mom. And Agent Erickson buys some freaking hand grenades. All right. So last okay. time you all were able to kill the gaunt. Um which you then burned on the riverbank. Yeah. While leaving Old Man Lawson, the Gaunt's minion slash enabler slash whatever you would want to call him, um, magically locked in his farmhouse. Go warding. Which I have to <laughs> confess was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, I, I had assumed he was going to be dead. Which was one of the things that I'm now a little curious about, which is, what did you all ever do after you had killed the gaunt that was trying to life drain people? You got down into this cave with this glowing, glowing column. column of mineral. Um, there, you found this old journal from the you know from Mister yep. Gaunt, um, and then we ended, which that was a good place to end. But I'm curious as to what you all did to tie up those loose ends. So we're pretty much like still in the cave. The well, that's where we left mm-hmm. it. Now yeah. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that I'm thinking this is a time lapse sort of okay. situation. But I don't know what happened during the time lapse. Um, I would have um, gone back to uh, the van and contacted uh, my superiors to. Like get law enforcement down to handle the farmer. We should particularly have somebody like close up the cave and what. Yeah, and we should tip them off that there are bodies in the barn because any law enforcement snooping around once they found that, I think there is not any reason why we would get into too much trouble. If you find bodies in someone's barn and then he comes threatening you with a shotgun when you try to talk to him, I like. Mm -hmm. I think that covers our bases if they find bodies in the barn. Yeah. One of the benefits of the agency that I was able to choose is I do have official pull. Yes. Like, That's one of so, your tags, right? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully I'm able to actually use my agency to make sure that we won't have trouble with local enforcement. Okay. Yeah. And then what I guess I can tell you is that old man Lawson, whenever, uh, the sheriff came to bring him in that well first of all he had a problem because he He was locked in the house yeah uh and so he couldn't run away and the sheriff's people actually weren't going to be able to drag him out even if they (laughs) tried and so i think i can tell you that he was killed in a gun battle with law enforcement then i mean that seems in character yeah yeah Yeah. that kind of makes sense he went out in style. But I mean, if he, he could have gotten out, he would have run away. So that would have been a problem. Yeah, you know what? There, there was no way to make that that work well. Like I said, I was surprised that you left him alive. I thought that was an act of mercy. And one that I wasn't expecting, but kudos <laughs> to you. Uh, kudos for being good people. Yeah. We're not terrible human <laughs> beings. Let's go. Um, Woohoo! And then you said you sealed up the cave. I would I would tell the agency about like the cave yeah. 
and either have people down here to either research it or make sure that like pedestrians aren't going to wander in and spend the night yeah, and on a I'm I've also like would contact my sect to inform them that we have resolved the green light the thing. green light issue and the people disappearing and give them a summary of what the, transpired of what transpired makes sense yep. Um, what did you do? There was a journal that was in the cave. What did you do with that? I would have probably taken it unless somebody stopped me. Would Would anyone have stopped Davis? No. Nah. John doesn't see it as important enough to turn in. <laughs> and then, just running down my list of questions that I was wondering about here, uh, what about where you burned the monster? You know, there's going to be uh, not much of the monster left, but there's certainly going to be evidence that something got burned there. Is that something I mean, you're going to leave to MIA to deal with? I Yeah, I would have, like, probably gotten out some, like, police line type stuff from the van blocked off that area. And I also think that we could lean on the professor to deal with explaining some of that because she was there and she wanted to examine the body anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was kind of under yeah. the influence yeah. though. She was. Well, I'm going to but she's a local. take like a sample True. of the burnt remains mm -hmm. of Mr. Gaunt and pocket them for now but ultimately send it up to my set so okay. that they can do whatever they do, do whatever they, yeah, so that they can analyze it. Yeah. And I'm just chilling a long way out of my depth and this. Usually when I'm tidying up after incidents like this, it's mainly keep my involvement out the way. Don't let anyone tie me to the scene of the crime. Not that Alan would ever have committed crimes in the past. I'm completely not. untrue. Of course not. No. Um, he's an upstanding magician. Indeed. So Pillar of the community. Aaron Aronson, upstanding magician. That's <laughs> <laughs> what my second business card says. <laughs> How many business cards do you have? The different varieties. Enough. Enough, okay. <laughs> uh, so if you are trying to chill and stay out of the way, Aaron, that brings up a question for the whole lot of you, which is where are you living now that you've been posted in various means to Rails End? For the foreseeable future. Yeah. What kind of living arrangements are you looking for? I'll probably just live out of my van. Just like by the side of this river. Oh. I mean, oh, that's not that's bad why idea. I, I want to make sure I stick around this scene, make sure nobody's like coming down, getting into things they're not supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, particularly getting close to that cave. Mm-hmm. So... That would be Agent Erickson and Avis. What about the other two of you? Are you trying to all shack up in the van as well? No. I didn't think that no. Gwyneth was going to fly. Gwyneth is going to find, like, a, well, as nice as she can find, like, house to rent in the area and charge it back to the set. Um. You and put it on the sect credit card. And there's yeah. certainly, I, I can tell you that Rails End has houses that could be 
uh, rented. Mm -hmm. um, you can also consider whether you wanted an extended stay at the Stay a While Motel. No. <laughs> she is renting a house, and she is going to turn multiple houses to make sure she gets the one that she likes best. So what? Get a nice Airbnb. Yep. So what yep. is Gwyneth looking for in a house? She's looking for all wood floors. <laughs> oh wow, we're like the uh, nice kitchen, two <laughs> bedrooms, a living room. And I mean, the sect has resources, so whatever price it costs, is price is not an object in this. Okay, so where are you putting Aaron? He can have a spare yes. room. Am I giving... That's why you wanted two. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I have to keep I an have... eye on him. Yeah, I'm alright having my living arrangements paid for for a while. I'm desperately short on money right now. Yeah. The only reason I I didn't think. I'd go looking for something like a house is I didn't think having a uh, my identity pop up where people had been assigned would be a good idea, so I think sticking to the van is far safer. If MIA is, you know, or the sect, or anyone is looking for a spook, I don't want my name popping up. That makes sense. And there's, there's more interesting things to be uh, happening around the van than off at some rental house. And I'm, That's true. And I'm old enough to be amused by the notion that you're living in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The simple life. Indeed. It is far simpler. And then... Except for its complexities. Beyond that, I, I guess, I, I've thought of some things and worked on, you know, in communications with you all about some sort of interlude scenes to do to sort of like bridge before between things before loose. things break loose again. Um, I guess before we get into those, though, um, I should ask, has everyone looked at leveling up and any new moves they are taking if they're eligible for them and that sort of thing? I only have two experience. Have yeah, because you never failed you a You never fail anything. I have three experience. But we did, you know, for the end of session review, we did accomplish pretty much all of the objectives yeah, so to get experience from that. Yeah. That'd be That's two. where I got my two experience. Yeah. <laughs> we know. We know. Because you only roll cool. Right. <laughs> Stick to what you're good at, you know? It works better. At least in theory. It's really hard yeah. to fail a cool roll. Yeah. Yeah. For I you. just stuck more points in charm, hoping I'll eventually be able to charm someone successfully. Okay, that's fair. You're supposed to be charming, but you've been not very charming. Yeah. The face of our party has not been great. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I took Jinx, but we already yeah. discussed that in the final battle. Yeah, you used it to great effect. Yep. Okay. Well, if that is uh, all good then, I was just going to maybe take us through a brief spin uh, for things that you all may be up to. And I was just going to start again with Agent Erickson because, well, this is particularly good if you're living in a van down by the river because I was recalling that you were trying to go fishing when this misadventure began mm -hmm. and speculating that you might be trying to fish, albeit not for walleye. There's not a lot of walleye in the Ozarks. Um, no. But there's trout. And I was imagining you were maybe fishing for trout, say in the Little Fork River that your van is parked by. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll open up one of the 
like either side compartments or like a cabinet maybe that I have in the van and pull out some waders and a fly fishing pole and I'll kind of just like trudge out into the middle of the river and start doing some fly fishing. I think that sounds really good and as you're working uh, in the river there trying to uh, entice a fish that you've seen, a, a big trout, a big brown trout, uh, that you've been working at trying to attract for a good 15 minutes, the fish disappears and there's this buzzing sound that you're hearing from overhead and a drone just splashes down into the river in front of you. Is it like hovering in front of me? Well, it's bobbing in the water. <laughs> it's and the, uh, I, I will tell you this, it, it looks like the one you saw through your rifle scope before. It's kind of a motley thing, a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of a, a drone. It looks like different things have been pieced together a little bit. Um, it's got the propellers going, but it's weighted down because there's some sort of uh, cargo tube on the bottom of it. Okay, I'll like kind of wade out into the river and pick it up. And as you're doing, as you're wading toward it, the drone is working as best it can to get up out of the water and move towards you as well. <laughs> uh, so you, you get, you're able to capture this drone and when you touch it, it deactivates, the, the propellers stop uh, spinning. And like I said, there's a cargo tube underneath it. Okay, I'll uh, get out of the river um, and open up this cargo tube and see what's inside. All right, inside you find a really old and beat up looking flip phone. You also wrapped around the phone is uh, something that you recognize as an MIA form some kind of MIA paperwork. The title on the top of it is Equipment Dispersal and Utilization Form. And there's a ballpoint pen inside the tube as well. There's a note, a post-it note, that is stuck to the, uh, the phone that you recognize your director's handwriting. And it says to please call him using preset number two on the phone. Oh, geez. I'll uh, take the phone, uh, open it up, and push number two, and let it start to ring. Okay, it rings a couple of times, and then you uh, hear the gruff voice on the other end of the phone. Yeah, <coughs> hello! Oh, hello. Uh, John A. Erickson uh, reporting. Ah, Agent Erickson. So you uh, got the delivery. Uh, yep. Well... Good. Be sure you um, fill out that <clears throat> paperwork that's in there. Um, there's three copies of the paperwork. You need to <clears throat> keep the pink copy at the bottom, return the white and yellow copies in the tube of when you release this <clears throat> drone here. Oh, send the pen back too. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so, um, Erickson, how are things going with that star people set thing um the star people have been uh, very 
they seem to be good at what they do. They were very useful in this uh, green light investigation. Have you um, um, <clears throat> learned anything about mm, where they come from? They claim to be very old, um, but the member that I'm with uh, has not yet given me deeper access to any information. Well, um, <clears throat> keep at it, Erickson, um, and mm, keep your eyes out and keep your ear to the uh, ground because, um, well, mm, all hell tends to break loose down there, especially this time of year. Holy buckets. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last thing. Don't push yes. preset number one on this damn phone. Um, why is that? If I may ask. Well, um, I can't rightly say as I <clears throat> know what would happen. I just know that the... <clears throat> Secondhand outfit I bought it from had something programmed in there. I don't know what it is, and uh, uh, you shouldn't be using it for official business. Just use preset number two to uh, report to me. You betcha. Okay. So no jobs currently. I have a little bit of time. Well, um, least ways till Monday. I assume it's like Saturday. We'll a weekend. Yeah. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else you want to ask your director? Um, I'll report to him. Uh, I'll say, do we have any word about uh, bringing down some authority to clear out this uh, strange cave? Do we... Have we gotten... Have we mobilized at all towards... Uh, Securing this area. Yeah, I, I think that in just the ordinary course of the preceding week or so, that you have interfaced with some uh, agents tasked with that. Some, um, you know, not as investigative as you are in their training, but who are trained with uh, sealing down locations and doing more of the forensics investigation or the cleanup. The crew. cleanup crew, yes. Okay. So the cleanup crew has been in, and you've seen them. Okay. But they're now on their way with the, the cave sealed up and, um, you know, the, the law enforcement dealt with. Um, in that case, I'll be like, nothing to report, sir. Um, I'll keep you posted. Well, <clears throat> keep at it. All right, very good. Um, and I think we can leave that there for the moment. And we'll skip over to Gwyneth Appleton. Mm-hmm. Now, Gwyneth, I understand that you're making a phone call. Yes. So are you using your sect-provided phone, or are you doing something else here? No, um, I'm going to use a public phone, either the one in the lobby at the Stalewile which you're no, Which you've moved out of now, or are trying yes, to move out of. I, I'm trying to move out. I'd, I'm not sure I would be able to fully move out in a week. How much stuff do you have in your room <laughs> at the Stalewile? I mean, move out is, of a motel <laughs> you know, in a week. 
Oh, did you not find a house that was suitable immediately? That's or? more of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. It, I, it takes me a bit to decide which one. Gwyneth is very picky. <laughs> she is yes. Yeah. So you're at the stay a while still. Maybe, you know, we can imagine that you're, you're moving out. Probably like the next day. Yeah, or something like that. Okay, so you're placing this phone call mm-hmm. uh, from the lobby of the stay a while. Yep. You... Uh, have convinced uh, Anon to let you do that. Yep. Probably you're, you know, having to pay extra for the long distance or something. Oh, probably. But, okay. And so the phone's ringing, and then there's a female voice on the other end of the phone, and it says, Good evening. Thank you for calling Riverside Care. How may I direct your call? Uh, yes, this is Gwyneth Appleton. Um... My mother is there, and I would like to speak with her. Oh, one moment, please. Um, Thank you, Miss Appleton. And your mother's name? Lucy. Appleton. Appleton. Lucy Appleton. Okay, one moment, please. I will connect you to Miss Appleton's room. Then the phone rings and rings, and then finally a voice picks up. Hello? Hey, it's Gwyneth. Gwyneth? Where are you? Are you on the ship? I'm not on a ship. I'm in Missouri. Oh, that's not on the ship. What what ship would I be on? Oh, this ship, dear. It's a nice ship. It's got good food. Oh, my goodness gracious. Just wait until your grandmother finds out that I'm on this ship. She's, she always said I was crazy looking for the ship to come get me and take me away. But I'm on the ship. I'm going to the stars. Mama, Grandma's been dead for ten years. No. You think so? Yes, we went to her funeral together. Hmm. I don't remember that. I thought, well, I don't know. I thought she called me just the other day. How, how are the doctors there, Mama? Oh, they treat me pretty nice. I, I, I like talking to them, but I don't much like some of the, the pills they give me. You've been taking them, though, right? Well, I try not to because, see, the ship we're on, they, they've, they've got secret passages hit on it. And when I take the pills, I can't find the secret passages, and I have to stay in my, in my cabin. Mama, you should you should really take those pills. Well, they make me take them, sweetie. Yeah, just, just make sure you do. Well, all right. Well, you be careful, dear. There's a dark star out these days. We'll try to pick you up when our ship comes back near Saul. All right, I'll be I'll be watching for your shit, Mama. Okay, dear. Good night. Good night. Okay, Gwyneth. Anything else you want to do? No, nope, I'm just gonna put the phone down. Make sure that Mr. Smith wasn't listening, and then. I, I can assure you that Aaron or that that mm-hmm. uh, Anand and Priya were yeah. were well clear. Okay, with all that done, just gonna. Go back to her room. Okay. That sounds good.
to the break of the very first interlude of Rails and Mysteries. We hope you're enjoying it. And if you are, you can hear about our episodes as soon as they come out by following us on Twitter, at Rails and Mystery. And remember to rate and review on your favorite podcatchers so that people know that you like what you're listening to here. And of course, spread the word to your friends, family, strangers on the bus, anyone who you may encounter even in this age of quarantine. Um, now, let's get back to that story. Uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. So, this is something that, well, we'll just jump right into it. And I can tell you, somehow, as you see the man there, you know that you are dreaming, that you know that he and these experiences are real and they happen to you. The man is named Cordelius Pennybrake, only he's not a man, he's a demon. He's tall and broad. His skin is as pale as his crisp white shirt. He's wearing jeans and heavy boots of a deep black, and his hair is a matching pitch black that cascades around his shoulders. He looks at you with eyes that are as dark as the night sky between the stars. He's handsome in a brutal, high-contrast sort of way. The man who's suddenly standing beside your bed seems nice enough, except that in addition to whatever breaking and entering he did to get there in the first place, He's waking you up by doing something sort of strange that you've never experienced before. He's somehow reaching a hand into your chest. And as Ah. his fingers slide into you, sort of through you, he's sort of grabbing a hold of something and twanging it, kind of like a musical instrument, and it hurts really bad. And Ah. he whispers to you, Wake up, Mr. Aronson. I'm here to collect. I will enjoy this much more if you're awake for it. Waking up dramatic weak noises. <laughs> Is that what that was? Whoa. I'm glad you're awake, Mr. Aronson. Time to pay up. No. You can't be here. You can't be here. He laughs. Mr. Aronson. Cordelius Pennybrake can be where he pleases. You owe me a soul. I think Figgy, two doors over, has got a soul she's not using at the moment. You can definitely take hers. <laughs> no, Mr. Aronson. You were at that poker game. You were trying to draw an inside straight, which was a foolish thing to do, by the way. And you lost fair and square. You pushed a soul into your pot whenever you couldn't uh, match my my wager. It's mine now. I come to collect. Shit. <laughs> oh my god. As you're yeah. oh, yes. Oh. As you you're as you're looking at Cordelia's penny break, an extremely fancy and new phone, cell phone, on your nightstand begins to ring. So, uh, one second, can I just get this? I pick up the phone and answer it. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello? Hello, thief, who are you? Is the voice on the other end of the phone. I'm 
Aaron Aronson, magician extraordinaire. And there's... You wouldn't happen to have anything to do with a strange man in my bedroom, would you? <laughs> I don't deal with strange men, but I do deal with thieves. I think you should look out the window now. <laughs> cool. Just, just, just hold there one second, Cordelia. <laughs> Open the window and look out. Well, as you're going to the window, a man dressed in dark blue crashes in through the window. He's wearing dark body armor, a helmet, night vision goggles, and he's got, uh, dangling from his belt, a large pistol, what seems to be a dagger, and a flashlight. Um, on his uh, shoulder, on his, he's got an insignia that is a dark starburst on a pale blue background. Ah! What is going on? He pulls the gun and points his, his pistol and points it at you and says, Thank you, Mr. Aronson. That's my phone. Yeah, I, I was just holding it for you. You, you dropped it at the party last night. I'm going to phone it today and give it back to you. There you go, mate. <laughs> Sorry to cause you any nuisance. Then he... Uh, takes the phone and he sees Cordelius standing there and says, and the, uh, the man in the body armor says, so not only are you a thief, you're consorting with demons? Um, demon? demon? Uh, no, he, he, he came here on his own. I thought he was with you. You both turned up about the same time. Cordelius snorts. You? And says, I do not consort with low lights like this upstart cult. Cool. You two look like you've both got a lot to discuss here, so I, I, I'm going to go. That's cool by all of you. <laughs> inching Cordelius, Cordelius um, reaches out a finger and you get frozen in your tracks. And uh, says, I'll deal with you. In a moment, Aronson. Then he turns towards the uh, man in the body armor and says, You're a rather puny bag of flesh to think you can stand against Cordelius Pennybreak, warden of the 13th level of the abyss. Whenever the demon says that, the uh, man in the dark body armor draws his pistol onto the demon and you'll notice at this time there's a peculiar rune on the barrel of the pistol and he announces my order used to dispatch your kind using rune carved swords and spears but I think you'll find that our advanced technology is rather tidier for the initiates and just as lethal to demons like you and he pulls the trigger with the gun pointed at the demon, but the demon dis disappoint or disappears in a poof of smoke, and you hear him cry out to you, what fools you dim stars are. Then he's just gone. And uh, as the demon fades away and the gun is smoking and your ears are ringing, the man in the body armor turns to you, Aaron, and says, the demon escaped. I bet that you... Uh, don't have that trick to teleport away, do you, thief? No. I sort of fall to my knees, just sort of completely shocked. <laughs> Aaron has no idea what's just happened. 
Well, so the man with the gun points it at you and says, and asks you, do you wish to repent before I execute you? Yes. Can I vote yes? (laughs) (laughs) Give me your confession, thief. I stole this phone from someone at a party that turns out was a lot less fake occult and real occult. I scratch, I sell stupid crystals to stupid people on the internet for far more money than they should. My radio talk show's a lie. I just get all their details from Facebook and pretend to know it. Please don't shoot me. Please. (laughs) Why in the world, what reason could I have to not shoot you, thief? Well, clearly a man of such talent as your own doesn't like sticking their face up in the public eye. But I do. And no sane person would believe what I, that I actually have tricks. Why only got idiots? So if you need someone to cover up for anyone else, just do it. Claim us filming a TV special for something ridiculous. I can help you stay in the shadows and cause trouble. I can do it. I've got money. I've got friends. I can do stuff. Just don't shoot me. I... I very much doubt you have money or friends, but before I kill you, as you deserve, I should take you back to be interrogated about this demon you've been keeping company with. Come along, thief. All right, then he drags you away, and so begins your adventures in the... In the sack. So this was all a flashback? Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah, dream. You, you wake up screaming. The stop. Yeah. Ah! You wake up screaming. <laughs> and you apparently are still in the stay a while motel. Screaming as you re- as you're dreaming about how you came into this situation. Yeah, I sort of I didn't realize Aronson was a warlock. <laughs> kinda is. He's not a very a good quite... warlock. More an accidental <laughs> warlock. This warlock's an yeah. let's be real. I haven't quite got any power back from it yet. It's just trouble. So Alan sort of sits up and starts poking the balls next to him to sort of reassure himself he's back in the same place. And indeed you are. <laughs> Safely. <sighs> All right. And then we can go to Avis Osborne. Okay, Avis. You were, I believe, planning to head to the Rails End Library? I was, yes. So, you walk in on, this is a Saturday, I'm assuming? Probably. I mean, if we've been dealing with uh, trouble all the past week in the cleanup crew, I've probably been hiding from the cleanup crews, but that requires me being, well... Low profile, so I probably wasn't doing anything public until everybody left. So yeah, probably Saturday. Okay. Uh, so you're walking in. The Rails in Library likely is not open, you know, into the evening on Saturday, so it's probably late morning. Okay. Shall we say? Um, you walk in, and there are uh, four patrons in the library, and there are two librarians. 
which is a pretty busy day for the Rails End Public Library. All right. And it's not a large building, but there's, uh, you know, a main building and then a couple of small wings that have been built onto the old brick building. And there is a desk just inside the door, the reception desk, and there's an older lady sitting there. And she smiles at you and pushes her glasses up her nose and says, What can I do for you, dear? Oh, um, well, I was interested in finding some books, preferably very old books, the kind that probably don't get checked out all that often. Oh, dearie. We have lots of books here. We're a library. And we've been here since the town was founded back about 1850. So we've got some old books. All right. Um, that sounds like a very good start. Are, are there old histories of the area? Perhaps, you know, first-hand accounts of what was going on in this town in the distant, distant past? Um, old stories. Of oh, are you books. looking for our, our local history section, dear? Probably, yes. Uh, that's at least a place to start. I would enjoy taking a look at that. Well, she looks around and sees that there's nobody coming to check out any books. And she says, well, follow me, dear. And she leads you to the back of the main building, out a door to an addition, then downstairs in the addition to the basement and says then there's you know a few rows of shelves down there and she says this here's our local history section we have old records from the city council back when it first started meeting and we have uh county commission meetings going as far back as there was a county there's a little bit of a gap there when when in the the war there was some burning around here um, but it's pretty complete and there's a few local historians have put things in here um, there's stuff down here that well you won't find in a regular bookstore I guess I can tell you thank you this is a wonderful start I, I will enjoy reading all of this she kind of steps closer to you and she says not everybody especially young folk like you appreciate the old weird ways around here. I'm my name's Doris Babcock. Welcome to Rails End. Well, thank you, Miss Babcock. I'm Avis Osborne, and I certainly appreciate things old and particularly weird. Oh, you might want to join our Seekers Club. A Seekers Club. We meet every other Wednesday night. That sounds fascinating. Um, where exactly would that be meeting? Well, you see, the library closes at five on Wednesdays. All right. And I have a key. Oh. And so when there's any seekers to meet, we meet down here in this local history room. All right. I'll be there. Okay. Next Wednesday, Avis. I look forward to it. As do I, Doris. <laughs> then she goes back upstairs to her uh, circulation desk. Um, is there anything you want to look for or find 
right now. We could also talk a little bit about what happens at the Seekers Club meeting. Um, it's probably not going to be particularly exciting what I'm doing in research because mostly I'm reading the actual history before I start looking for weird things, getting a good idea of the area and, you know, big players in the town's history. And then starting to look for accounts of, you know, strange things in the woods and that sort of thing. Um, I'm, I'm betting there's probably some old history that is relevant to monster hunting, but you can't start looking for what's weird until you know what's the normal. So something that you find as you're going back is as soon as the city council and county commission reports begin, which is about 1850, um, with a notable interlude during the years of the Civil War, uh-huh. um, there's uh, minutes of meetings yeah. there. Uh, many of the old ones are even handwritten, and so it's a struggle to make it out. But you see a lot of reports about you know, debates over saloon licensing and the maintenance of roads and things like that. Um, a lot of stuff about the, the railroad being built and the rail yard there. Um, and, you know, unrest there because of the workers, you know, who were opposed to getting killed by, you know, being crushed by trains and stuff like that. Um, What unreasonable standards. But in amongst all of these more uh, typical debates, there's uh, reports that are being made to the city council and the the county commission for things that are uh, being described as haints and fairies and witches. Um, Periodically, there's been an attempt back then to organize a posse to go hunting for these forces, but as far as you can tell, nothing ever happened about them. Okay. I note in which, like, where I can find those Mm -hmm. accounts again. Just vague, you know, page number, edition, or council year, or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and make it so that I can find the information again if I need it. Okay, and so I can tell you that what you discover in doing that is that um, there's some there's vague uh, discussions of creepy things happening that pops up starting, you know, with the town in 1850, but it's not until about 1855 that there seems to be some, that, that there are reports of um, livestock being killed, there are... Uh, reports of people being terrorized. Uh, there are deaths that are attributed to some evil forces. Thing. But, you know, there's all other people arguing in these meetings that it was not supernatural, that it was, you know, maybe a vendetta of a neighboring family or, or something like that. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that um, correspond to any, like, uptick in population or anything like that? Or does it seem to just be spontaneous and unrelated to a change in town. No, in 1855 is when uh, the mines, the iron mines started operating at full capacity. Okay. And it's when the railroad spur was finished. Okay, so it's when this became much more populated and there were more jobs and people and craziness. Got yeah, it. and economic activity and mining and all railroading right. and all of that. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I do, at least to start. I imagine this is a pretty time-consuming process. So by the time Wednesday rolls around, I mean, I've only gotten so much stuff. If there are other things we want to do on that that you all are wanting to address bef- 
before starting another mystery, we can. Um, did I get paid? Yes. All right. Uh, with my newly earned money, uh, John wants to go to the local gun store. Okay. Or the gun and pawn. Okay. There uh, is a gun and pawn. Yeah, the rail send uh, pawn and gun. And what are you looking um, for in the uh, gun store? I'm looking for uh, rounds for my sniper rifle. Okay. Um, since those seemed to be uh, useful. Um, and then I want a uh, one of those little pistol flashlight attachments. Okay. Um, for my 9mm. And I want to see if they have any grenades. <laughs> so, you never know. At it doesn't hurt to try. At, at Rails End Pawn and Gun, you meet Ned Crenshaw, the owner. And Ned tells you, uh, well, first of all, he happily sells you all the ammunition you want. And then you know the uh, light attachment. He's got one of those. Huh. He's happy to sell that to you. And then he says, Grenades? Good God almighty, boy, we ain't got no grenades. That'd be illegal. And then he sort of winks at you. <laughs> um, I'm going to be like, uh, oh, I know. Uh, wouldn't want to do anything illegal now, would we? And I'm going to put some, like, cash down on the counter and be like, well, I'm going to go out back for a smoke break. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of like subtly walk And out. he says, <laughs> he nods at you and gives you a little wink and says, enjoy your smoke. And there is, there is an alley in the back mm -hmm. of the store. Like it fronts onto sort of the main street, but there is an alley in the back. All right, I go back into the alley. Okay, are you I are you driving just... Frig over there, or are you just walking around? I'm just walking okay. around. Um, then about eh, 15 minutes later, he comes out with a, a wooden crate. He sits it on the ground beside you in the uh, sort of gravelly alley and says, Oh, boy, I've been wanting to get these things cleaned out of here. Well, I'm just setting them... Uh, out here for the city to pick up with the trash. Um, nice to see you again, young fella. And he winks at you. Have a good day. Thank you now. You too. Then he goes back inside. And I take my crate back to my van. <laughs> All right. Uh, once I'm there, I want to open it and check how many I have. Uh, you have ten grenades. Holy cow. Holy. <laughs> we can really blow some stuff to hell. <laughs> you know, I wanted some, now I have some. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that was like most of what I got paid. Yes, yes. You, you're um, not exactly um, um, 
flush with cash now, but then you are also living in a van down by the river. So, so you know, expenses, expenses are, low. are low. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would also congratulate you in that um, you have now found a, a section of Rails in that I had written up and prepared and was somewhat frustrated you had not uh, yeah. discovered previously. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I mean, you're just barely making entry into the <laughs> gun runners of Rails End, but there are gun <laughs> runners in Rails End. That could be really handy. Yeah. yeah. Gotta stay armed. There's uh, some dangerous stuff down here. There are, there are some true. dangerous stuff out down there. Um, no, uh, that, that's... That's fun. So you've got some grenades now. You have very little in your bank account, but you have some grenades and some new ammo, and your your, your mm -hmm. kid is in good shape. Um, Most of my other money would go towards like food. Yeah. At this point, I would think so. I would think so. 